Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Do you believe it? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. So don't sit here and call out the players who are busting their ass trying to win games. They no, teased they, us. They teased themselves. They're teasing us. They didn't tease they you. Sweet. No, look at my brass cojones because I throw the ball. You like that, Spanish Academy? You can't talk the talk and not walk the walk and then expect everybody to be okay with it. That's all. You want to know how real fan I am? I took out a personal load to go to the playoffs in 2015. If you're a real fan, a real fan, you say, so what? I've done enough scoreboard watching. The only scoreboard that matters is the one that's in front of our face. Next week is probably going to be an intervention. So let's talk about it next on Amazing But True. Swing and a high fly ball deep to left. Schwarber back in front of the wall. He looks up and it's gone. A home run for Pete Alonzo. And Hoskins popped it up in foul ground. Alonzo's got room. Side retire. Eight hitless innings for the Mets pitching staff. Combined for the second no-hitter in New York Mets history. This one takes a village, but they get it done. And they're celebrating out in front of home plate. And that one's right back up the middle. Dom Smith's got a third hit. Here comes Alonzo. Here's the throw. Not in time. Herrera, that ball dropped. They will have to throw it down to first, and that will do it. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. That montage you heard courtesy of SNY, ESPN, and WCBS 880 AM. It's Jake Brown and Nelson Figueroa here coming at you again. And boy, oh boy, Figgy, do we have a lot to get into. We have a jam-packed episode of the show. Later in the program, we'll be joined by one of your Staten Island Ferry Hawk players. That'd be Kelsey Whitmore, who became the first woman to play and start in a MLB partnered league for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks on Sunday. Great conversation coming with her, but we got to get into a lot of Mets stuff first. Holy cow, we got a no-hitter to react to. Good morning. Good morning. Good. Buenos dias, mi, uh, mi, my neighbors. Um, good morning, my neighbors. Uh, we, you know, Lindor was mic'd up. The Mets beat the Phillies two out of three. Death taxes and the Mets winning series yet again. They're seven for seven in series wins, beating the Phillies. Ooh, the Phillies. That was a great series win at City Field over the weekend. That began with a no-hitter and ended with Johan Lopez still continuing to be the, the designated throw at opposing teams, guys. Figgy, we would be remiss if we didn't start with the breaking news that luckily happened before we started hitting record here today. Robinson Cano has been designated for assignment. Lopez, unfortunately, the other guy to go, but we knew that. But Figgy, this came down to Robinson Cano or Dom Smith. Pretty much, or Travis Jankowski or Guillaume, but a lot of people thought it'd be Dom or Cano. The PR statement, if they sent Dom Smith down after a four for four day, three RBI day, the fact that he's a fan favorite, the fact that he's younger, cheaper, and you know, more likable, didn't use PEDs, it would have sent the completely wrong message. This was a statement move to eat the thirty-seven plus million by designating him for assignment, probably ending his tenure with the Mets, most likely. It's a statement that this team's not afraid to eat that money. Steve Cohen has that money. He wipes his ass with $39 million. And it's a statement that this team is here, and no matter how much you make, if you're not performing, 
you gone. And it's a new era of Mets baseball now. And I know 99.9, maybe even 100% of the Mets fan base is very happy that Dom Smith stays, Robinson Cano goes. Yeah, and it's the right move. It definitely is a statement by the organization and by ownership that it doesn't matter about the amount of money right now. It matters about what's best for the team. Uh, in the direction that they continue to head. You've got players with versatility. you got players with speed. you got somebody like Janikowski who can play the outfield defensively, a great guy you can double switch with later on in games. Dom Smith, you know, the bat came alive over this past week, batting over 400, um, getting more opportunities. So you're seeing th- this team starting to click on a lot of cylinders, and the dead weight was Robinson Cano in the contract. In previous times, the contract would have been the reason why he's still around. And they would have, you know, spun it to say he's great in the clubhouse, he's a leader, he's this, he's everything you need because, you know, things will happen and things will still happen. So there's bound to be an injury or two and, you know, you hope you hopefully don't regret having released him so soon. But at the same time, you feel like it's covered enough when you have guys like Escobar who can play multiple positions. You have guys like Guillaume who can play multiple positions in the infield. McNeil himself can play multiple positions. And now you have that roster flexibility again to mix and match all the way around without having to play a guy just because he's getting paid a lot of money. So it's uh, kudos to Steve Cohen and, and the rest of the brass for taking such a bold move. And I was on the fence because, not with that decision, but I was on the fence with Cano because... I don't hate him like a lot of the Mets fan base does, and he is a guy who notoriously does better when the weather gets warmer, but it's no time for excuses. This team is 16-7 and seven in first place, and doing it with guys like Guillaume stepping in and doing things as he did Sunday night, you know, with RBI hits. Dom Smith, 4-for-4, four four, 3 RBIs. He's got 7 RBIs. Despite his struggles, he drives guys in, mm-hmm. and he's, you know, a better defensive player. Now, if you got rid of Guillaume, you're going to have to have Escobar spell Lindor at shortstop if there, if that happened. And, you know, he's not really a shortstop. He's a third baseman, second baseman. McNeil plays multiple positions but also doesn't play shortstop. So it kind of puts you in a bad spot. And it tells you that, yeah, like you said, Steve Cohen, that's nothing to him. He doesn't mm-hmm. care about that. And the PED thing played a huge part in this. I mean, he let this team down, cheating for a second time, not only hurting the team, but hurting his legacy. He's not a Hall of Famer anymore, and he was a shoo-in for the Hall of Fame, most likely, if he doesn't get that second PED. So it's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for Metsies, and we're feeling good. Uh, Yankee Doodle Dandy, Opera, Fifth Grade Tonsha, no big deal. <laughs> Hold that one back out the archives. I, I, listen, I've been looking for that video. I mean, somewhere, somewhere on VHS. Someone <laughs> Does anyone out there have a... We're still looking for my bar mitzvah video. But those crooks took the video. We never had it. Anyways. But this was... When do uh, we get the DFA Jake? Yeah, we... <laughs> yeah. I've been DFA'd before, bro. Wow. I, you got to know what it feels like. I think Jeez. you keep this up, you know. <laughs> How do I recover from getting DFA'd from a podcast? I mean... <laughs> But I'm excited, man, because, you know, this is what we're talking about on Monday because the team is winning Friday. I'm so excited. No hitter, man. You know, usually we would lead with that. If we were on Saturday morning, we would lead with that. But unfortunately, it's a couple days later. And this is the new a new dawn, new day, new life for me is combined no hitters. You know, Tyler McGill was gas. He went 88 pitches. He wasn't going to go more than six innings. But this was special, and I was glad. I was at Johan's. I was at this one. Someone said my fashion game has gotten better since that picture. (laughs) Some would argue the other way around that maybe it's gotten worse. But from 21 to 31, from the Pepsi porch to behind the dugout, the glow up over 10 years, 
And this team, man, that was cool on Friday night because it was a unique one, Figgy, because no one realized, I think, till the eighth inning that there was a no-hitter happening. I was checking Twitter, and I was like, oh, they pulled McGill. And then I looked up, and I'm like, oh, it's zero. And you can't say much because you got the people who are like, you know, you're jinxing it, jinx. I don't really believe in that, but I was trying not to talk about it at the game and not say it to anyone and say, you notice anything above the H on the scoreboard? <laughs> Just trying to, like, do words around it. And, you know, you're seeing things this weekend, this move, combined no-hitter, that show why we're excited, why this team is different, Figgy. And just the camaraderie with that game. Different guys coming in. Joely Rodriguez playing a part. Drew Smith striking out every guy he faced. Mm-hmm. Um, McGill, again, continuing to come in for DeGrom and pitch like DeGrom, essentially. It's a testament to this team and, and the teamwork and the leadership and the resiliency. And Buck Showalter, again, just pushing the right buttons, knowing when to pull relievers, knowing when to put guys in, and no one's saying, you know, I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy. This is a team effort. And Friday was was special in the first ever combined no-hitter in Mets history. Figgy, technically, it's, it's the first no-hitter in Mets history if there was replay because Carlos <laughs> Beltran doubled. Yeah. So if the rules were in place then, this would have been history. But, you know, a special night, a cold night at City Field. They did it June 1st. They're going to celebrate the 10-year anniversary on May 31st at City Field, the Tuesday, Johan Santana. Pretty special ending to the month for the Mets for what was a month that felt like a year of a Mets season just through April 30th. Yeah, and the good part is is that they're still on top. They're one of the best teams in baseball. Um, With the Yankees. Playing, yeah, New York, and, New York. playing against people are always questioning the level of competition you're playing against. It's too soon. It's too this. It's too that. But they've won in so many different ways. The comeback win was also during this week where, you know, they were down so many runs and made that comeback. And then you see what they're capable of doing when, you know, not even having his best stuff. McGill still continues to impress. Goes out there, has three walks in the game. You know, the least impressive thing about a no-hitter is always when there's, you know, almost as many walks as innings pitched. You know, guys like A.J. Burnett with nine walks. Those aren't as impressive as a guy who goes out there and, like, had that one walk that kept him from a perfect game, you know. But when you have guys go out there and they did their jobs and your hat's off in the the biggest moment had to be Drew Smith. Four batters he faced and they were long, tedious at bats and he winds up striking each one of the guys out but 36 pitches in one inning that's a lot but he was able to do it and then Edwin Diaz had that delay um, before the inning started remember how they were questioning the, the double switch and who went in yeah, for what where. was going on there that, that's just a, that's just a technicality thing where the PA announcer had announced it in reverse and so if for some reason the game got tied and they came up then those guys would have been flip-flop because of the way the PA announcer announces things. That was something that happened to Mickey Calloway where he walked out to change the pitcher before the batter was announced and they were going to pinch hit. And so since the batter wasn't announced yet in the game, they didn't have to pinch hit for him. And they let the guy go back up there. Um, that was against the Phillies. Uh, it was one of his uh, many blunders. Right, right. Man. Batting he, out of the order. And he, and he tried to say that he meant to do that. So this is a, a situation where Buck went right out. I was like, hold on. I heard what the PA announcer said, but that's not what I wanted. You know, I want to put this guy in this spot, this guy in that spot. And all you see is Diaz is standing there with the cold wind blowing. And you're like, oh, my God. Well, it angered him because he struck yeah. out the side. Please don't, please don't cool me off. And yeah. then the first pitch he throws is a hanging slider. And I'm like, oh, no. Then he goes and he cranks out Bryce Harper and, you know, uh, Castellano. And then Real Muto swung and missed at a slide. I was foot off the plate. Definitely special. And you're, you're looking at it as, you know, what can't this team do? When the lineup is clicking, it's, it's deep. It, there's power. There's speed. The defense is has done a nice job. You're not talking about errors in a circus around the infield like we were just a year ago. And even though the Mets weren't 
were in first place for 100 games. What did you feel like last year? Like, uh, it's like one thread on a sweater that uh, it's all going to come unraveling pretty soon. We could just tell. Mm-hmm. Um, now you look at this team and you're saying, man, if they're clicking like this and they continue to play this way and each guy is being able to contribute and then you're adding DeGrom back in the mix, then it really gets uh, mouthwatering as we head past the trade deadline. Yeah, and it's interesting because the blunders we're seeing is occasionally diving or missed ball by Starling Marte, who's the gold glover on the team. <laughs> I mean, that blunder and then, I mean, death taxes and Marte getting thrown out at second base. On Sunday night, it was a single trying to stretch it to a, a double, and the other day it was trying to steal second, um, and then they challenged, and we thought it was going to get overturned, and it wasn't. I mean, that's kind of been the only blunders was a guy who steals bases and wins gold gloves. So it's like what bizarro world we're in. But otherwise, you know, a couple Lindor throws have been off here and there. But otherwise, you haven't seen like... Like you said, the Ringley Barnum Bailey act. Remember, uh, remember when the, it was Ahmed Rosario? It was you know every throw you just held your breath. Yeah, you know it was all the way around the infield. Well, the, J.D. Davis at third base, you held your breath every well, time the Guardians the of the way. Galaxy have to worry about him now <laughs> dropping balls in the outfield. Well, uh, that that's why you love the direction this this team is going in because they paid attention in spring training to these details, these little things that don't seem like they would be a lot. Hey, they worked extra on on a lot of these things. Pete doesn't get enough credit for what he does at first base, all the scoops that he makes over there to save errors. He's gotten a lot lot better with that. So while he's not gold glove caliber on his own, he made some great plays too down the line, throwing from his butt to, you know, get guys out at first base. And you're seeing a, a very high level of baseball and attention to detail like never before. These guys aren't just happy to be out there and just, you know, oh, good, I cracked the lineup. They're wondering, you know, situationally, what do I have to do? Where am I trying to hit the ball? What am I looking for? How can I beat a shift? Maybe he drops down a bunt. Maybe so th- there's there's so many different ways that this Mets team can beat you. And what you really love is that they don't often beat themselves. That's something we're used to seeing in the past. And the fan base sees it. There was electricity in the building. I was there for all three. And, you know, after Friday, Saturday, as usual, after a no-hitter, more people come out. There are 40,000 people on Saturday. For yeah. Saturday in April, that's incredible. That doesn't happen for the Mets really ever. You see it. This Francisco Lindor uh, bobble no may have played a part of it, and uh, we have to talk about that. But first, before we talk about the bobble no, and I'll say it was 32,000, then 40,000, thirty. They averaged 33,000, 80% full for an April weekend series. Yeah. Shows you that the excitement is real. And I want to first, before we get to the, the gnome, as we're talking about the no-hitter and the magical Friday, Spanish calls for big moments are always electric. <laughs> so we're not going to do the Spanish Academy today, but we're going to do the Spanish Call Academy. And maybe you could translate what they're saying, but we got to hear courtesy of W. EPN and at Hofstra they told us to say W and kind of that emphasized word mm. that's my radio training coming out. Let's hear the W EPN call of the final out in the no hitter. Se sale el bateador, lo protege el árbitro. Vuelve y se mete a la caja de bateo JT Riamuro. I know, I know that JT Riamuro. Nice job. <laughs> ya se prepara el derecho, viene el lanzamiento. ¡Sí! Tirándole al tercero. Historia. Por segunda vez en la historia de esta franquicia. Se tira un no hitter. Cinco lanzadores combinados. Lo logran. Y estamos de nuevo en la historia. 
con No Heater de los Mex de Nueva York. Wow. Oh. Okay. I feel good. York, I feel good. Wow, ok, so I know Nueva York and I know Cinco is five. Uh, Cinco de Mayo coming up this week, by the way. Oh my so God. Get it your cervezas ready. Cervezas, I know that beer. Let's go to the beginning of the call and we'll break it down. Thought I heard Astoria, but it was Historia. Historia. Which yep. is history, I assume. Very good. Um, Not but Astoria. I wanted Astoria. I was getting steak tidbits hungry, put a dollar in the jar. All right, back to the beginning of the call. Here we go. Se sale el bateador, lo protege el árbitro. Bateador. I learned that. Protege el árbitro, protected by the umpire. So in other words, the umpire was giving him time to get back in the box. Okay. Vuelve y se mete a la caja de bateo JT Riamuro. Now in the box. Now in the box is JT Riamuro. Okay. Crowd noise. Ya se prepara el derecho. Viene el lanzamiento. Ya se prepara. Now he's ready. The pitch from the right-hander. And here it is. Strike. Strike tirando. Tirando de tercera means strike, uh, throwing the third strike. Um, and then he says. Historia. Por historia. For the second time. The history of the franchise. No hitter. No hitter has been thrown. Five pitchers combined have done it. History for the franchise. Wow, that's my man. I know that one. That's my uncle James Brown, baby. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's one of those things that when you have um, the radio broadcast, they're very passionate, man. The the Latin broadcast, they they get into it. They add a little extra flair to it. But I mean, Howie, you know, Howie went above and beyond as well. I mean, it, a no hitter is a big deal, and even though it was Hearts is very disappointed. It was five pitchers, and you know he's a Yankee fan. I get it. Can we go back and play Howie's again? Let's let's play the Howie call one more time. And uh, how do you say it? I feel good, by the way? That'll be our word, our word of the week. Do you know how to say it? Me sentí bien. Me sentí bien. Me sentí bien. Me sentí bien. Do, 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 do. I knew that I would. All right, here's Howie Rose on WCBS 880. Here's the Howie Rose English Academy. And this crowd, they don't care if it's taken five pitchers. They are pumped. I didn't care. Real Muto just outside the batter's box. Now steps back in. Diaz staring at him on Entre the rubber. Diaz looking into McCann. Rubert. Diaz Rubert. brings the hands together. The 0-2 pitch. Swung on and missed strike three. He got him with a slider. Put it in the box. Five Mets pitchers have combined to no hit the Philadelphia Phillies. It is the second no-hitter in Mets franchise history. This one takes a village, but they get it done. So where did the James Brown come from? That wasn't on Howie's broadcast. <laughs> did so, WEBN just have a music? Uh, because that was, you heard what was playing back in a New York groove was playing in the background of Howie's. There was no James Brown scream. That is odd. All right, can we can we reach out to, <laughs> to the WEBN broadcast and figure out where I feel good by James Brown? Maybe it played in their press box. Maybe they were just it's, so pumped. It's just weird because they, they were at the same exact time and you did not hear it on the Howie's broadcast. Is that the end of it? Does yeah. it let's no, see. no, that would have been way past where it hit. And they're celebrating out in front of home plate all of the Mets clad in their black jerseys for the first time this year jumping oh, on top no of each other jumping up yeah. and down so it's the first time they wore the black jerseys and a no-no go figure wow how do you say put it in the books do you know 
Mételo en los, li en los libros. Okay, that might be another week of the Academy. So. <laughs> Mételo en los libros. Oh, good God. God. That was my mouth after eating the spicy chicken sando. Oh, my goodness. Hottest, another oh, yeah. dollar in the jar. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you just said dollar. How do you say dollar? Dollar. Dollar. Dollars. Dolores. Dolores? What is this, Sister Act 2? Hottest sandwich ever. They warn you, $15. He said, you could walk away now. I said, I will not walk away. Ate it. My mouth was on fire. Lakia was as well. We were, our mouths were burning. Uh, big homie Lakia. Big homie Lakia. Shout out Lakia. Loyal listener of the program. Yes. Great call, Howie Rose, friend of the program. And great calls keep happening by Buck Showalter. Now, another sound by, as we talk about the Lindor Bobble Gnome. We'll do an, an, an opening. It's not as picture X as a Seaver statue here, but uh, it's pretty cool. It's a Bobble Gnome. We'll play bu what Buck said. Here it is. It definitely has, the color scheme is not good enough. It definitely needs some kind of bright off colors. They went with the typical, you know, blue and orange, but that's not Lindor fashion. It has to, needs an arm sleeve, not a wristband. Should have gone with a black jersey. Should have gone with the yeah. black jersey. And black jersey, Friday no hitter, and the next day you would think you go black jersey. Buck was not happy. Let's play what Buck had to say about it. We giving away bobbleheads for any of that? I finally got my Seaver one today. I wanted that one, and I got my Lindor one. Receiver. It's a Who's gnome. Next? Who's next? The Lindor's a gnome. It's Harold. It's a gnome bobblehead. Yeah. <laughs> you just ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Laura, you're up. No, I'm talking about what bobbleheads. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, want, doesn't want your question. Who, who is the next bobblehead? Isn't it um, Gary, Keith, and Ron? I believe it's Pete Alonzo, Polar Bear, Pete bobblehead in oh. uh, middle of May. Okay, and then there's a Gary, Keith, and Ron collection. I think they're doing it separate. So they're spreading out three games, three so them, huh? you got to get tickets to three to get a... I like it. You know, I'm not in love with the gnomes thing. Like, I prefer a bobblehead, but it is a bobblehead. I guess the gnome is the pinpointy head. Yep, pudgy bo and things. the pudgy body. I don't think that's a depiction of his Yeah, body. this is like the Jake Brown version. <laughs> <laughs> with the orange shoes, too. I'm going to get you your own. I'm going to make you one. This is like the Jake Brown, Ringley, Barnum, Bailey bobblehead. I, I might make gnome. you one, and I don't think it's going to be that hard. Yeah, this was uh, me during COVID. Instead of the yeah. glove, it's going to be a chicken sandwich. Yeah, put a chicken parm hero in my hand instead yep. of the glove, or oh. like put the cheese dripping out of my mouth. But please just give me teeth like that, like because I need to hit the dentist. Give me white teeth like that. But wow, this is the chubby Jake Brown bobble gnome. I like it. Buck always delivering the heat with the good quotes, but... Really, we're pumped about this team. 16-7. and seven. Listen, the Mets and Yankees have the best records of baseball right now. Obviously, way too early to be like, here comes the Subway Series, World Series. But for New York right now, that would be tremendous. Mm -hmm. With the turnaround that the Jets have done with their roster and franchise, with what the Giants hope to do, with the Rangers in the playoffs, shout out to them. Listen to Up in the Blue Seas podcast. The Mets are hot, Yankees are hot. New York needs this turnaround. And maybe this is the year. And like after what we've all been through, through COVID and shutdowns and lockdowns, this would really bring the city back and bring the city back financially too, Figgy. I mean, you get 40,000 people in the building every night. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money coming in and it's special. And you're seeing it with this team and, and this move and, you know, the giveaways and the fun we're having. It's so much fun, more fun talking about this team and talking about these teams when you win. Cause you know, we've been doing the show and there's not been a lot of winning. We had a 60 game season. Not a ton of winning. We had last year where they were in first, but yeah, you kind of knew it wasn't ending. going to be, you know, a 100-win team. 
I said 94 wins, and obviously they're on pace to do that or better, and it's early, but it's looking like a fun ride here. Yeah, besides a fun ride, I think they wanted to change the culture of where the team was, right, and questioning ownership and questioning what what's this team doing, what direction is this team going in. I don't think there's any questions anymore, right? Everybody's all in on this team right now, and kudos to Steve Cohen again. $79 million he made in a down year um, last year uh, and proves that you know, there's a lucrative market for Met fans who are clamoring to feel like they're more part of this team. Really different vibe that's going on around City Field. And you're there way more than I am. Every day. I've only missed one home game so far. <laughs> you're there way more than I am. But I, I think that's that's the idea is that it's palpable all over the place. Like people are starting to see each other in the streets and, you know, starting to kind of give each other that nod of, hey, this could be uh, the year kind of thing. Um, and yes, it's way too early to tell, but I love the fact that you're doing all this without DeGrom in years past would have been a woe is me and you know not expecting much but I think when you went out and signed a Max Scherzer as an insurance policy it's a very expensive insurance policy but look at what you're getting out of it yeah I mean in the streets of Astoria in New York I give the head nod to people in Mets gear if I have it on or if I don't I'll just go like this or you both have it on it's kind of a mutual agreement but yeah, you know, we missed the news, but obviously the DeGrom news is that he is ramping up. Strengthening his load is some of the words. I don't know what that means. You and your kinetic chains could maybe tell me, but he's on a path. And Max Scherzer, you're seeing something different. This team backed him up on Sunday. Four runs, team scores. Scherzer's pacing around like a mad, like mad Max. Like, he is pissed, even though I think the team is winning or is tied. He's like, I just gave him a freaking four run. And he's pissed, yet here's the offense backing him up, something they didn't do for DeGrom right. ever. So maybe DeGrom comes back and it's like, hey, Jacob, we know you've been out a while. We're going to score some runs for you this time. We've never done it for you. Mm-hmm. This is the year we're going to do it. And they did it for Scherzer. And as I said, McGill was great. Saturday they lost, you know, but Walker was okay. They just didn't, you know, there's nights. Well, Walker just was not good, sc- scoreless. Yeah, he was great. I he mean, scoreless. He didn't have strikeout stuff, but again, he battled and gave you five innings right out the shoot. So there's going to be nights you just don't score. And again, it's cold out there. It's chilly. So it's got to be a hell of a letdown after a no hitter, you know. Yeah. Well, that's why they gave you uh, the, the the chubby Jake here. That's <laughs> that's why they gave it to you. And you sounds know, like a bad Saturday night. Yeah, but I will say last night I was in the party deck for the first time. That's I fun. love it. That's there. fun. One, it's unlimited free beer, so yep. that's pretty nice. But two, it's like you're on the field. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to say to Jeff, we love Willow the puppy. He wasn't really acknowledging us. It is a cool seat there. Like, yeah. if you haven't experienced that, it's like you're playing left field. Like, I felt like I was in my one-year Little League where I got zero hits again. Yeah, you're on that highlight. There. You're on that highlight in the, what, eighth inning? When Jeff McNeil had the double to left center, you see me in the white jersey scooping up, like, my the lobster bisque I did a little bit earlier in the night. Another dollar added to the jar. They ran out of the warm lobster roll Sunday night. I was a little disappointing. <laughs> I was scooping it like lobster bisque soup. And, yeah, it is it is a must-sit if you go to a game. But I tried the lobster. If we keep doing every week updates on food, I try to give people the lobster chip. Fully loaded, iconic, mm-hmm. incredible. Get them, and then I did the you know Hearts did it too. The cheesy tater kegs with the General Sow's chicken fingers. Now I know some of you are salivating hearing that. It's worth it. I would say you need a fork for the. My fingers were a little dirty. The fingers got a little bit dirty eating the General Sow's. So probably find yourself a fork. You should because we're not at National Park, so you should get a fork and be good. But very good, and the tater kegs. Very, very good. So highly recommend. Well, Figgy, the Mets will have four against the Braves, four against the Phillies. This is eight games in seven days. We'll probably see David Peterson back, Figgy, for the Mm -hmm. doubleheader. Some interesting things pitching, but we get past it. 
you get McGill. You'll get Scherzer in Philly again. And this Mets-Phillies is spicy now with the hit-by-pitch Sunday night, the Oan Lopez. And I think there's going to be some excitement at City Field. Now that Cano's gone, listen, at the no-hitter Friday, up 3 nothing. fans still booing. Take him out, take him out. Booing McCann. Don't be that fan. When your team is winning, stop booing your own team. It's so early in the season. Don't be that guy, especially when your team is winning. They're not subbing out Cano mid-game. Sorry, they're going to leave him up. He's there. You're not pinch-hitting for Robinson Cano. He's off the team now. You could stop the booing, and you could deal with the catchers not hitting because you're winning games, and they're doing things defensively and doing things for pitchers that really help Figgy. Mm-hmm. That's playing a part. All right, coming up next on Amazing But True. Enjoy your uh, four games at City, and if you're going to Philly, enjoy that. We'll be back next Monday. But coming up next is the first woman to play in a MLB partner league for the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. Kelsey Whitmore will join Amazing But True next. Y'all see this bird fly by here three times now? It's not how he got in here. I want to know how he's getting out of here. Hope he didn't drop anything back there. All right, joining us now on Amazing But True, not a Mets guest, but a baseball-related guest who made some big news on Sunday. Now, as you know, my co-host here, Nelson Figueroa, is the pitching coach for the brand-new Staten Island Ferry Hawks, and one of their pitchers, hitters, outfielders, she does it all, is Kelsey Whitmore, who becomes the first woman to start a game for MLB Partner League. Kelsey, welcome to the show. Congratulations on your debut Sunday. How you feeling? Was it a whirlwind of uh, emotions on Sunday? Hi, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I mean, yesterday just it felt like another day of baseball, really. I, I mean, I was excited to be out there and, and to get the opportunity to compete. And a lot of people have kind of been asking me if I was, if I was nervous, but I really... I really just felt like another day of baseball, especially with the, the kind of the grind we got going on, games every day, at the field every day. So kind of get into the, the groove of things. But no, it was a great day and I had a good time. And of course, the first ball that's put in play is hit right to you. You handle it flawlessly as you have throughout camp and, and every day working during batting practice and taking balls off live hitting. You continue to impress. And that's one of the things that we talked about with the coaching staff is that you know, she's ready to play. She's ready to, she knows how to play the game. She's played the game for a long time. I think people have this, this idea, like we just picked a random person out of the blue and no, we're going to let her try and play baseball. Kelsey has done this for a long time, has had a lot of success at many different levels. This is just a very high level and she handled it beautifully. Uh, her very first time out there competing uh, the whole while, the at bats, um, putting the ball in play and uh, even taking one for the team. How's that feeling this morning? <laughs> Um, it's a, you feel it a little more than I did yesterday, but it's really, it's, it's, it's not a big deal. It wasn't really anything. So kind of, kind of had a feeling something was coming in on me after that first pitch through like a, I think it was a miscut cutter slider, but yeah, it wasn't too bad. Well, OBP is up to 333, which isn't too bad. It's better than, uh, some of the Mets right now. Now you brush it off, but you know, it is a big deal and it, it is a big story. Do you feel it? Like you're, I assume you're getting the text, you're getting the calls from people, while you've been doing it forever now, it obviously was a national story that, you know, made the waves. So do you feel that aspect of it? And I imagine you're very proud uh, to be the first woman to do this. I mean, definitely, definitely proud, definitely an honor. Um, but it it hasn't really gotten to me where it's kind of feeling overwhelming. I think the biggest thing for me is I visualize a lot of, of like, goals that I want to accomplish. I visualize myself in um, high, like pressured situations or, um, you know, moments like today where, or the other day, yesterday, where I was going to, you know, start a game like that. You know, I visualize 
put myself in those situations. So I felt like I'd been there before. And so, I mean, things haven't been too overwhelming, but the support has been great. And, you know, the people that have been there supporting me and everything has been been awesome. Kelsey, talking about experiences, you've experienced your first pro trip, a uh, road trip of 12 days. Talk about exactly what that was like for you. Any surprises along the way? It was definitely a little different than I expected. You know, I, I one, I didn't realize it was, you know, after a 6.15, 7 o'clock game, end around 10, maybe 10.30, getting ready, like straight on the bus into the night, you know, getting back at 4, 5 a.m. And then the next day, maybe having practice or or um or an off day or whatever it's gonna be, but that was the part I I I wasn't expecting. I was like, this is this is not college. This is not college anymore. This is this is pro ball. So, um, which I I honestly I I kind of love it. Um, in the moment you're like, man, this is a grind because you're like you're tired and you're like you know you got to get up the next day and get after it. But then you're like, I love it because every other guy in there is doing the same thing that you're doing and wants the same thing that you want and you're all in it together like you're you're getting after it and so that's what I love about it and nobody's complaining we're just there to get after it and so yeah but I think uh it's definitely been a been a cool experience so far um I love being a part of it on the road just to say that I've been a part of that that grind of of a pro baseball player where it's not everything is is great all the times. Sometimes it's going to be hard and it's going to be rough. Then other times it's been great. And so, you know, so far it's, it's, it's pretty cool to experience. Yeah. So Kelsey has been working with me tirelessly, um, trying to perfect her craft and when it comes to pitching and that would be the biggest transition for her. Um, she's faced, you know, 90 mile an hour fastballs before she's faced, you know, a level of competition before, but the level of competition in where we're at in the Atlantic league, it's called a, um, second chance league. So there's a lot of guys who are out of the major leagues who played in the major leagues, guys who are looking for that second opportunity who don't want to sign with an organization and just get thrown in to like a double a contract, but rather be a free agent for all those 30 teams and be seen playing against a high level of talent. That's why they're there. So Kelsey's been working in the bullpens and as I feel from the first day that we played catch together, she's now added two more pitches to her arsenal. She's able to understand more of how to make the ball move, how to set up hitters maybe a little bit differently because of the level that we're playing at. And she continues to work at getting better and better. And, and everybody comes to even watch her bullpens. They're like very impressed by the way that she works and how she's able to really command the strike zone. And then she has the thing, this, this knuckleball split thing that it's a great two strike pitch. She hasn't had a chance to do that yet. Your first opportunity as a pro, we brought you in as a pinch runner in the ninth inning down by two runs and you would have been the tying run. Can you tell everybody what you were thinking while you were on base at the time? Being an athlete and being competitive. I mean, when I'm when I was on the base, I was just thinking, well, one, one, there was like chirping going on. There's for sure chirping going on. So it kind of, if you know me now, like the chirping is not going to really put me down like it did before. It's just going to fire me up. And so, and just use, use it as fuel really. So there's chirping going on with the fans. And I was like, all right, like this guy has a bat and needs, if he hits his ball behind me, behind me as the runner, uh, it's anything to the right side, hopefully in the gap. 
I'm hauling it. Like I'm hauling it. I'm getting there. Anything on the line, I'm I'm gonna try to score this run right now. And so so yeah, no, I was I was just thinking like I'm gonna go hard. Like I'm going hard anyway, anyhow. If it means I'm I'm going into that catcher, then I'm gonna do what I gotta do. Like so, I was pretty fired up. Unfortunately, we didn't get it, but I was I was ready to do whatever. Like I was ready to do whatever. We we had a ground a high chopper that went over the first baseman and it was kind of going in that trajectory down the line. If the second baseman doesn't get to it, it clears him. And they were playing over in a shift. So it would have been kind of in that right field corner, like she was saying. So she would have had a chance to score. And that was the first thing I had asked her. I go, you know, what were you thinking out there? And the first thing she mentioned was, man, she was, they were talking all game long. But then when I put a helmet on, they really started getting on me. Like, I'm not fast. I'm not. She's like, oh my God, please put it in the gap so I can try and score. And if I have to truck somebody, I will. And I was like, all right, this is real. What so. is some of the chirping? Like, what do people say? What are some of the things that, that you've heard so far? Um, I only had a taste of it there in Charleston, small taste of it there. And it was it was just kind of that just just saying like, oh, she's not good enough. She's not she's not fast enough. Like just pick her off like little stuff like that. The past I think it was Maryland and uh, North Carolina weren't bad, weren't bad at all. It was really Char- Charleston uh, game. Where I heard, heard some char- chirping. So, I mean, it happens. It comes with it. It's it's uh they weren't just doing it with me like they were doing it with some of the some of the guys too so i mean it happens part of the game is that something that you've kind of overcome over the years has it happened before and do you have a form of ther- like a, a punching bag that you imagine that fan at home that you, that you <laughs> let your anger out on how do you uh overcome that a couple years ago when i played indie ball there used to be some like ne- negative comments that be said especially through social media and at the time i was a fool because i I'd read it. I'd look at it because it's it's hard to not see what people say about you. So I I read it and man, it affected me so badly. And I think part of it, I was just I was young, didn't know how to handle it. But now I now I think there's even more comments than there was before, whether good or bad. I just think there's more now, and I just stay away from the comment section. I don't look at that. The only stuff I look at is um, I just told my I just tell myself let's look at good stuff. I'm only looking at the stuff people people send me. People tell me, people who support me, I'm going to read that. I'm going to invest in that. I'm going to put my mind to that because I only need good energy. And I only want to be surrounded by good energy, good vibes. That's my motto. That's my mindset. I don't need any bad energy around me. So, yeah, that's kind of what I think about. But if there is, uh, if there is people that that say stuff, um, you kind of just have to flush it. You really got to flush it. And that's where, you know, you you can test your mindset, how strong it is or not. And you got to stay true to who you are, know who you are as an athlete, what you've worked for. And just stay surrounding yourself with good people. So that's just kind of my mindset with it. Well, I want to come out and see your pitch. So if, if you know in advance, Figgy, you know, give me the inside. Well, you you get, yeah, you think you get you an want, inside. You want to be the uh, the John Heyman for us here. <laughs> uh, source, uh, she will pitch tonight. All right, I'll, I'll hop on the damn ferry and go out to Staten Island, and make my way out there. Well, Kelsey Whitmore, we uh, we're excited for you, pumped for you. You know, I'll close on this. You have to have some pride when you have a you know, a little girl, a young girl come up to you and, you know, it makes them believe that they could do what you do. And I have to imagine that's kind of the heartwarming uh, feeling, you know, like a, a lesson taught in an episode of Full House or something, a nice heartwarming feeling when you do something like that, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, I'm really happy that I can be someone that the, these young girls could look up to and be able to just be inspired by and motivated by. I never had like a female role model growing up. Um, my dad was really the one that I kind of stood by and looked up to. And so I want to be what I what I didn't have growing up 
for these younger girls and these athletes in general. And so, yeah, no, it's, it's a great, it's a great feeling. And I'm, I, I hope I can only just inspire more people. Kelsey Whitmore, go check her out. San Diego product. One of my favorite new cities. Now I can't wait to potentially go back in June. Check her out. Staten Island Ferry Hawks. They open their season Tuesday at home. You could see Figgy in the dugout. Maybe he'll pitch at one point and uh, I'll be out there taking BP at some point. Maybe Kelsey will throw a strike me out a few times. That's easy. Kelsey, appreciate you coming on Amazing But True and we'll see you soon. Thanks. See, he took Spanish. I took French for seven years. So. I don't think you're good at French either. <laughs> All righty, Figgy. That'll say goodnight to episode 102 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. That almost rhymed. Well, I am a rapper, so it's, mm. it happens. You say so. Well, does this make me more of a rapper? So I got these for ten dollars <sighs> on the streets uh, of Astoria. They reeked Jake Brown. Like, they, they were reek like, they, Big Lebowski. No, they reek him. They, <laughs> <laughs> they reek gun range, bro. You don't think they're cool? Pull. I think they're kind of cool. I actually wore them at night. I was wearing them at night at the game Friday. <laughs> at night, even better. It was probably oh pretty clowny God. to wear those, but uh, you don't like them? I like the shade. They're like gold. They're like kind of mysterious. Uh, shadow. There's nothing almost. mysterious. I can see your eyes. Yeah, but What's they're so mysterious. Let <laughs> me say that in Spanish. Mysterious. Mysterioso. Mysterioso. They're mm. literally the glasses that Sean Goodman wore in the Big Lebowski. All right. Like and he's holding a gun. So call me Johnny G, baby. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Jakey B and Johnny G on the ones and twos. You get your chicken palm at uh, Nino's in Astoria. We'll close the show out with this, actually, because I forgot about this and I forgot to play this. I'll queue up a compilation of Mets fan reactions I got for the season. We'll close the show out with that and what they think. But, uh, you know, thanks to me, Andrew Hart, for producing the show. Give us a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify because you can do that now. And if you don't subscribe or your friend doesn't subscribe, please subscribe to the Amazing But True podcast. Where should you follow us on Twitter? At Amazing But True. Anywhere else? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't follow Peggy. All right, for Nelson Figueroa, I'm Jake Brown. Andrew Hartz will return next Monday. Enjoy the four games. And we'll close out the show with what fans are thinking about the Mets' hot start to the season. But as always, let's, let's go, go Mets. Mets. Gasper from Long Island here. Gasper, your thoughts on the season so far? So far, the season is better than I ever expected. The no-hitter Friday just put me in a state of mind where this team is much different than the last 10 years, if that. I don't even think the 2015 Mets had this aura around it. They all like each other. McNeil's learning Spanish? Like, that's insane. No-hitter Friday. It's just, it's a great feeling right now to be in Flushing, Queens as a Mets fan. That's right, Nelson Figueroa. It's the Jeff McNeil Spanish Academy coming soon. <laughs> Steve from Long Beach, let's see if you can top Gasper from Long Island, your fellow brethren. Your thoughts, your excitement built around the season. Is this a world championship team? A world championship team. We're going to win this year. We're going to win next year. We're going to win every year. We have Max Scherzer. The other day, there was a no-hitter. He's going to throw seven more no-hitters. Are you kidding me? The other guys we added this season, Starling Marte, incredible. Escobar, incredible. The bullpen, a little rough right now, but we're going to get it back. We're going to dominate Mets forever. Cocaine is a hell of a drug, folks. All right, amazing. But true here with Billy from Long Island from Riverhead. Billy, thoughts on the Mets season? There's a lot of reason for optimism. The team's playing well. It seems like they're really gelling. There's not really a weak link of the team. They're all playing for each other. And first place, four games up early. We'll see how the season goes. World Series a bust. World Series, baby. I'll see you there. Let's go, Mets! Hi, Jake. <laughs> Hola, Jacques. <laughs>